and man the the calendar feels like it's just flipping like crazy man, really fast exactly good morning everybody i'm, uh, I'm here to with you from tallahassee awesome um the uh a disappointing night if you're a, a south florida sports mm-hmm. fan um wow yeah. <laughs> just, i yeah. went to bed i i made the executive decision that when it was four nothing I uh, I said I'm going to get sleep so I can get a good workout. <laughs> so, yeah, they needed a win last night. It was uh, well, you know. So in the scheme of things, you're supposed to protect your home ice. Mm-hmm. So they're you know it's nice when you can steal one, but they're supposed to win at home. So um, Wednesday uh, Thursday night should be that place should be lit like a Christmas tree. Yeah, I'll be there. You'll be there, right? I will be there. Yeah. Jake, Jake yeah. and I are going. I actually, uh, I speak um, Thursday afternoon. And then I actually kind of asked them if they would reschedule and they couldn't because I'm just going to be so distracted. So, uh, but I'm going to speak in the afternoon and then I'm, we're heading over there early. We're going to, yeah. you know, enjoy the festivities outside and do just be part of, you know, Stanley Cup hockey, which is amazing. Yeah, I'm taking Patrick. So it's our first Stanley Cup game. He loves hockey. Uh, so shout out to Chaz. So thank you for him. He wanted, uh, he was very kind, wanted Patrick to experience it. So super, I get to tag along. That's all. <laughs> super, super cool. Yeah, it, it will be obviously sold out. Should be a great night. Tonight, we have a night off from sports. So I get to uh, jump back into my routine, which is kind of nice. I can go to sleep. I love, I love Lou. He t- he says I got to get a woman's FSU softball T-shirt while I'm in tally. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> Although they are in the Sorry, champ- they, they are in the championship. So shout yeah, out! I know, to I know. The uh, women's I softball. Know. I have a lot of FSU shirts, but not the softball. So for those people who follow the huddle and follow you joining us. That was a great decision that Mark and I made way back when. Lots of great feedback. Um, thank you for being here. Mark is taking the you know the out of office day, but there is something that we have to celebrate. Shay, uh, can you show me? Boom! Oh God! Happy anniversary! <laughs> so, um, thank you. So this was posted by the JA team yesterday. I wanted to make sure that all the huddle. Uh, team got together and uh, shared in your excitement. Eight years. Tell yeah. us about eight years. <laughs> eight years. Uh, well, I, honestly, I didn't think I'd make it through the first year, quite honestly, because of the whole situation that I walked into. But um, but it has been an amazing experience. And I would say, you know, obviously the organization has grown. Uh, we are doing all kinds of new and innovative things that no other JA in the world is doing. But I have to say, as, as much as, as I am proud of all that, I have absolutely transformed as a leader in this last eight years. And it was intentional. Um, and uh, very humble, too. 
I didn't say transformed how. I just said I've trans I'm never gonna be there. But I just it's been very intentional to become right a better leader. And you know, I'm always working on it, right? It's constant. But so I'm really proud of that. I'm proud of I don't always get it right. Um, but I'm proud of the team that we've built. Um, and so I, I applaud that from a couple of different seats. I was involved in JA prior to you joining. Um, the situation that you stepped into was almost like uh, any quarterback that follows Dan Marino. I mean, right. she, she was or, a ton in the marketplace. Um, for those that don't know Melissa Aiello, there's a, an award after, named after her now. But she had, had left such deep roots in JA that it would, would have been really difficult for anybody to take that, that seat um, you took it, you managed through it, wasn't difficult. A lot of people hold on to the old and mm -hmm. don't realize that it, you know, it times need to change. So I, I think one of the things we're going to talk about this morning, um, this imposter syndrome, you probably dealt with a lot of that in the beginning, like, oh, can I match up? Should I match? Oh my God. You know, the, the support didn't come as open armed as it is now. So I think it will be a great topic this morning. Congratulations, because I know it's really been in a lot of eight years. I mean, a, a great run for, for eight years. Uh, the achievements are great, but I think the social proof is really what, you know, what I have always looked for is like, I can blow smoke up my own ass all day long. Right. But, you know, when people around notice and talk when you're not there, which they do uh, frequently. So congratulations Fantastic eight Thank years. You. Okay, let's wake Thank this you. thing up and let's get to talk about imposter syndrome. Yeah. So let's dig into this imposter syndrome. You know, what is imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome is that talk track in your head that basically beats the shit out of you and says, you're not worthy. I can't do this. I don't deserve to be here. I am afraid that they're going to find out that I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but I got a couple of videos that'll really tee us up and then we'll we'll get into it. Show me Ed Milet, please. Let me tell you what comes on the road to success. If recently, at any point in the last 12 months, you've experienced doubt, if you have a lot of fear or anxiety on the road you're on, or if you've experienced those emotions recently about what you're doing, you feeling like an imposter, like you have imposter syndrome, like nobody knows, I don't really know what I'm doing you're on the road that I think you should be on, the right road, the road less traveled. Yeah. So it's like, you you know, for, for me, when I unpack this, like, what do you mean? I'm supposed to feel like I don't know what I'm doing? Like, 
that seemed incongruent with people who were confident, people who were successful. Yet when you really unpack this statistically, um, it happens to everybody, number one. And number two is it happens predominantly in women. Mm-hmm. Women leaders face it. Um, show me Matt Higgins. I went on Shark Tank for the first time. I had crushing imposter syndrome and just like couldn't sleep for 48 hours. Not a lot of logic could help talk you through. So let me tell you what Damon John told me on, on, on Shark Tank. Screw those, you know, MFers, whatever. Let me tell you, here's all you need to know. You belong here because you are here. Anxiety is not meant to be extinguished. If I feel imposter syndrome, it's because I'm about to, to break through and do something really hard. Mm-hmm. And my answer to imposter syndrome is to harness that anxiety to motivate me to be absolutely insane and prep like crazy. I'm posting my first TikTok. Imagine if I didn't do that because I was embarrassed. It's about handling that risk and handling that anxiety. It'll never go away. And if it does, it means you're, n- you're not doing something for which you should update your biography right you should always be doing something that forces you to update your biography well i like that yeah so that last line is a doozy like if you're not experiencing fear doubt and anxiety you're not on the right track you're not growing so um thoughts i got a couple of things mark nailed it you know there there's even in his absence prep like crazy but talk to me about you know your experience yes according to mark Preparation will make you confident. So I know we have that, that little difference of opinion there. Okay. But um, prep is important. But I, for women, and you said it, it happens more in women. And, and we had this conversation when we talked about confidence. I think sometimes men are brought up, right? And they're brought up, not, not so much maybe today, but when I was brought up, it was, right? that they were brought up to to know they could do anything right they could be the best ball player they were they had that that confidence maybe maybe they didn't always feel it but they were they were told right whereas women we weren't always sure where our place was what we could be because it meant breaking those ceilings right it meant doing something out of the box that no other women had done or only a few had done and so i think it is different um but i will say this he said something really interesting and i was going to mention this and it was not in the article he said damon john told him sometimes sometimes in order to break yourself out of that we can try to get ourselves out of our own head but i wanted to say the one thing that was not mentioned in the article was someone who cares about you or who cares about your success right if when you've got that person adding to to you saying okay i can do this it just makes a world of difference well you just validated leadership mentorship coaching you know people ask why well you know if you think you know about a boxer who gets hit goes to the corner and he's got someone in his ear saying you got this guy you can do this this is no you're not you know all of a sudden you're like your belief system changes because of the input. Mark and I talk about inputs and outputs all the time. If the input is not coming from you directly, but comes from somebody who's very close to you and that you trust, you know, and that came from Matt, that came from, you know, Damon John. So, you know, there's a couple of things, you know, everybody deals with fear and doubt. Everybody, it's a human emotion. The people who are the most successful are the ones who have built a toolbox 
to overcome that, you know, so that's. Yeah. And, you know, listen, uh, you know, to Mark's point, oh, you've got to have it in yourself. Yes. Listen, if I said to you, Steve, you got this, you can do it, but you didn't believe in yourself. It wouldn't matter what I said. Okay. It, it really wouldn't. You, you would, you would not have the belief and the determination, right. That you need to have to get it done. But when my dad said to me, you can do this. When I came out of being a full-time mom for 12 years after my divorce and had to go back into a job that was the first time for me in nonprofit. And six months in, I was like, what the fuck? I can't do this. Like I came home. I remember Mike and I had just started dating and I told him, I, I can't do that. I can't raise a million dollars. And he was like, uh, well, you better, you need to figure it out because you need a job. And you know what? And he said to me, you got this, right? If I didn't believe in myself, I would have crawled under the pillows and said, I can't do this no matter what he said. But yes, yeah, so yes, it goes, it, yes, you have to have that belief and determination and that confidence in yourself. But sometimes we need that cheering, right? A little bit of cheering to tell us, yeah, no, you got this. Don't get rid of the doubts, right? So I, I like to give real-time analogies for people. We were on a coaching call. Shay and I were on a coaching call last night and we had five young salespeople on there. The CEO was on there and we got to talking about stuff and I, I pushed the analogy about riding a bike. Nobody really knew. You don't know how to ride a bike. You know, you get up, someone's generally holding the seat while you're figuring out how to pedal and steer and you fall, you scream, you know, but everybody has that fear and anxiety about doing something new. You're generally not good at it until you get to the point where you've practiced and prepped and done all that. And then all of a sudden, the rest of your instincts kicked in. And one of the kids said something pretty, um, I, I thought it was pretty amazing. He said, that's how my dad taught me how to swim. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, he would throw me in off the diving board and I would figure out how to get to the side. It is a survival mode that kicks in. Now, I want to bring a comment up that um, Jonathan Aaron said. So uh, not it. Sorry. Hold on this one. Uh, so Jonathan says, fake it until you become it. I think that's the worst advice ever given. And I'll tell you why, Jonathan, and thank you, because that's typical. People would say, fake it till you make it. Faking it is not good advice. It's not good at all. Work it, practice it, do it. And, and I started closing a lot of my speeches with most people practice until they get it right. And then they're done. Oh, I got it right. What we really should be doing is practice until we can't get it wrong. You yeah, know, and you know, I think faking it. there's another part to faking it, right? Till you make it or faking it till you have it or whatever. When you are faking it, I think that you, you put a kind of a wall around you that allows you to seek help, to seek guidance, to seek coaching. Right. If I'm constantly faking it. Right. I got to fake it. I got to keep up this image that I got this. So I can't ask for help. Right. I can't be vulnerable. I can't go and say, hey, I need some advice here or I need some guidance here or tell me about how you did that because you're faking it. Right. So uh, that's the other part of faking it to me that it doesn't allow you, I think, when you're stuck in that mode of faking it, I don't think it allows you to ask for help. And I think I love when that. you're not sure if you can do something, you got to ask for help. I love it. And Lainey, 
uh, hits the key word in all of this is vulnerability, being genuine and authentic, saying, wow, you know, I got the squirrelies, man. I just don't, I don't feel confident. I feel like I don't belong here. Then you can do something about it, right. you know? So I, I think, That's you know- That's exactly I, my point. Blaney, you and I agree. I love it. Yeah. You know, so, you know, for you, you know, for you and me, Lori, you know, we have an interesting relationship, friendship first coaching, you know. And you're my boss. Yeah, that's, right. that's true. For those that know, Lori works for the board. So uh, it is it is hilarious sometimes when the board has to vote on stuff and I recuse myself. You know how I'm voting. Man. So, you know, but this idea of all of us going through the journey I would ask you, Lori, to think and maybe share an instance, because I could do one very simply. The first time I spoke to Bank United, I did not feel worthy of being in that role. It really, really took everything I had to get up there because I was more focused on what if they don't like me? What, what if it doesn't work? What if, what if I have my fly down? You know, I mean, all of that kind of stuff. So I don't know. Do, do you have a, a situation in your head that comes to mind that says, hey, you know? Well, I mean, I shared the one about going back into the workforce, right? Um, and like I said, six months in, I was like, what the hell did I do? What did I get myself into? I don't know if I can do this. Um, so that was definitely one of them. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll be quite vulnerable and quite honest. I remember when Patrick was born. And so this is a personal, not a work situation. And Patrick was, for those who don't know, Patrick was born with Down syndrome. And I had already worked with Down syndrome, people with Down syndrome, my homie with another chromie. Uh, I love that saying. Um, that is so good. <laughs> that is the best line. My homie with an extra chromie. Um, but so I, I was not unfamiliar with Down syndrome and I wasn't frightened of all that. But I remember saying to a friend of mine who worked at ARC Broward uh, and the doctor, so how do I take because how do I take care of him as a baby? Right. Because I had always worked with older kids with Down syndrome and they looked at me and they said, just like you would take care of any other baby. And you know what? It was like, OK, I got this right. But for that moment. It was like, oh, shit, I don't know how to do this. What do I do? Right. And by the way, a parent being a parent of any child, we should all be saying that because my daughter gave me right. I had to figure that one out a, a lot more than I had to figure out Patrick. Right. Um, so I think being a parent. But in my case, I would say the, the, the part of Patrick being born with Downs was definitely one for me. I think certainly your book speaks to a lot of the, you know, ingredients it took to overcome imposter syndrome, you know, and I, I love, you know, all of the C words that you, you, you're going to be sharing with everybody, but I can tell you this, the original premise for the book Confessions of a Serial Salesman was I was going to tell people my entire young career I was completely full of shit. I was wh whatever you wanted me to be, I could be. I had that skill set. So I was faking it. And faking it is lonely, man. It was like I got to a point where I didn't really know 
who I really was and what I really liked or who I really liked. Cause everything was about the business. Everything was about, Oh, you want me to go fishing and hunting? Sure. I'll do that. You know, I, I don't really like that, but I could do it. And so I got one piece of great advice from that coach. And she said, you need to let people know who you are first mm-hmm. before you share this idea, because I think it's, and, and that is going to be my second book will be, the real story about how we were always taught to be something that other people wanted us to be, not to be genuine and authentic and deal with it. And we, you know, that is the real way to overcome imposter syndrome is who gives a shit? And this is who I am. And if I'm quivering in my boots, then okay, I'm going to, that's just the way it is. Right. But and we why never, do we have to be afraid to say that? Yes. We right? were never taught that. And, you know, uh, Sarah says, you know, that that's specific to women. I don't think so. I think one of the big things that male leaders are understanding is they can be communicative. They can be, you know, vulnerable. They can say, you know, you know, I have empathy. You know, that was not, that was a weakness, you know, so it's um, embrace the suck. Lou, what do you say? When did you turn your mindset around? Tell your own story. Um, for me, the, the epiphany was after the cell phone business where I had built a public persona where everybody knew who I was. Um, oh, you're the phone guy. Oh, you're the phone guy. And we were everywhere. We were highly visible. We went to every sporting event. And when I sold that part of the business and moved on, nobody gave a shit about me. <laughs> they were more interested in what I could do for them as the phone guy. And it was real, real epiphany that my dad said to me, he goes, nobody gives a shit what you used to do. He goes, what are you going to do next? You know, and that was, you know, great advice from, uh, from the goat who said, you have to constantly be you. You have to constantly be growing and reinventing yourself. And I think the, one of the coolest things that people have said about me recently is how many times I've reinvented myself in my career. You know, I've been in a couple of different places, but Lori, it's the same with you. You know, your arc this last eight years, when you go back, you know, eight years before that, you know, you know, it's, it's such a different world. It is. It is. And, you know, I think the, the, the last thing I want to make sure that we um, that we mention is and I think we touched on this when we talked about the confidence conversation uh, last week is look back at what you have accomplished. Right. So often we just keep moving forward. Right. We feel that little bit of fear or that imposter syndrome. We forget to look back and say, wait a minute. I did this. I overcame this. If I could overcome that, I could overcome, right, this new thing. So going back and looking at our achievements, right, and our successes and remembering them, and because sometimes that, that go, oh, damn, that was, this is way easier than that, right? Or I could do this. So sometimes we just have to remind ourselves and celebrate and recognize the achievements that we already had that we know that give us that confidence that we can do it again. So you know what, Lori, we didn't do motivational music. We didn't talk about the top leadership skills. You totally threw me off my game. I was so into that. So does that mean I have to come back tomorrow to do top leadership skills? So Mark is on baby duty. If you don't mind subbing, we can do this leadership conversation. I I, I don't know speak. what does everybody think. If, I, if, if, if you guys want me here, you know I will be here. So... I, <laughs> 
I don't care what other people say. I'm inviting you back. I'll see you here tomorrow. We'll play. I had a great Nirvana song. Oh. That was, uh, it was that mirrored this imposter stuff, but we'll play it tomorrow. We'll get going. Thank you. Enjoy your day in Tallahassee. Happy Thank anniversary. You. Mark, you got a couple of days off, so enjoy it. Um, Jules, hello. I'll see you for dinner tonight. See you guys. Thank you guys. Let's see get you down. Tomorrow. Please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. My friends keep telling me to leave this. So let's get down, let's get down to business Let's get down, let's get down to business